Hello, Phil Terzian here, literary editor of the Weekly Standard, with my weekly podcast about the books and arts section for the April 21st issue of the Weekly Standard. As always, we have a boffo section, if I don't mind saying so myself, which is led off by a review by William Pritchard of a new biography of John Updike by an author named Adam Bagley. Uh, William Pritchard is a professor of English at Amherst who knew uh, Updike uh, fairly well and is certainly a student of Updike's work. He, if you may recall, he reviewed the two-volume Library of America edition of John Updike's Collected Stories, which we published last fall. Uh, We published the review last fall. And now there's this new um, uh, biography of Updike by Adam Begley, which Mr. Pritchard uh, greatly admires, and um, which I was pleased about because I'm one of John Updike's more fervent admirers out there in the ozone. Um, the uh, title of the review is Updike's Story, The Great American Novelist of the Nuclear Age. I happen to think uh, in the period between the end of World War II and the turn of the century, if there were a handful of distinguished American novelists whose work will endure, as I think they will, I would have to say, in my opinion, John Updike is one of the top one, two, three, four, five that you can name. The only problem with the book, and it's often a problem with biographies of writers, is that Updike, uh, his his life is interesting and his background is very interesting. I think everybody who has read Updike knows he came from a small town in southeastern Pennsylvania called Shillington, and a lot of his work is set there in its fictional form. Uh, he went to Harvard and then briefly was a graduate student in England and then went to New York where he worked at the New Yorker for a year or two. But then he retreated to Massachusetts uh, in his late 20s, in the late 50s, and really uh, essentially stayed there. He, he, he was divorced and remarried. I mean, there was uh, obviously in everybody's life comes some drama and events, life events and so on. But Updike's life is is um, nowhere near as uh, dramatic and um, uh, uh, entertaining to read about, say, as Ernest Hemingway's or Scott Fitzgerald's. But it's interesting nonetheless. And Adam Bagley is is seems to be the ideal biographer in that he is more interested in telling us about Updike and his work than in chron- chronicling. Every uh, every moment, if not every second of his life, so it's a very good piece and of what sounds like a very interesting book. Second review is a a new book uh, by a, a sports writer uh, named Costia Kennedy, uh, published by Sports Illustrated, called Pete Rose: An American Dilemma. The American dilemma, you can well imagine what it is, uh, and that is to say whether Pete Rose uh, should be admitted into the Hall of Fame. I asked uh, Edward Acorn, um, who has, uh, who, if I may uh, inject a personal note, he holds a job that I once held 20-plus years ago. He's the editorial page editor of the Providence Journal uh, in New England, but 
Ed has a second uh, life as a historian of old-time baseball, um, his most recent book being uh, a book called The Summer of Beer and Whiskey about, about uh, baseball in the 1880s. Anyway, I thought he was the appropriate person to adjudicate whether uh, Pete Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame. Um, I think in the I think in the course of the piece he talks about uh, um, having come of age really in the Pete Rose era, and I won't tell you where he comes down on that vexing question, but it's it's well worth reading the piece uh, to find out. My next review is a review by a professor of law at the University of Colorado Law School named Robert Nagel. Um, it's an interesting book called Inferno, An Anatomy of American Punishment. And I thought that, um, I thought I would read to you the first paragraph of the review. How should we react to the fact that the average length of a prison sentence in the United States has nearly doubled in the last 30 years? that 140,000 inmates are serving life sentences and more than 100,000 are in prolonged solitary confinement, that California alone incarcerates more inmates than France, Great Britain, Germany, Japan, Singapore, and the Netherlands combined, that 67.5% of prisoners commit new crimes after being released, that life in prison is almost always dangerous, humiliating, and profoundly destructive. Well, I thought it was interesting to, this is a, a book that presents the uh, American prison system in all its um, horrific details, and I th and he also, as, a, as an author, has a few prescriptions for what we can do to reform the prison system. Our reviewer, Professor Nagel, doesn't go along with um, too many of the reforms, but he does recognize uh, the system for what he is and, and takes a pretty... Uh, hard and objective look at it and wonders whether we're proceeding in the right direction or not with our rates of incarceration and uh, our devotion to incarcerating people for certain kinds of um, uh, transgressions. So it's an interesting and a thoughtful piece, and I commend it to you uh, very strongly, as I commend Charlotte Allen's uh, delightful essay on the architecture of Los Angeles. She uses as her starting off point, there was a, there was an exhibition at the National Building Museum in Washington recently about uh, Los Angeles architecture as it's, as a vision of the future. But uh, Charlotte Allen is a native of Los Angeles, and she grew up uh, uh, there at a time when a lot of what we think of modern visionary Los Angeles was being built. And so she has a, a, a personal perspective on this as well as a design perspective. I lived in Los Angeles myself in the 1980s. And as I often say, while I never felt that I wanted to spend the rest of my life there, I thoroughly enjoyed the time I was there. And it is a fascinating city. And it turns out that Charlotte and I are both uh, uh, admirers of a book published by a, a British architecture writer in the 1970s named Reiner Bannum, and it's called uh, called Los Angeles, um, uh, The Architecture for Ecologies. It was published in 1971. In our view, in my view, and in Charlotte Allen's view, still the best work on, on Los Angeles architecture. She thinks the curators of the 
of the building museum exhibit um, as often happens nowadays uh, kind of plead their case a little too strongly but it's a wonderful essay about how the visual Los Angeles that we know uh, grew up and what was behind that that growth. John Podhoritz's uh, review this week is of a, a book called Captain America the Winter Soldier, Captain America being one of those comic book uh, uh, serials that has now been uh, now becoming a, a movie uh, 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 serial as well and he makes an interesting point that um, if you have a taste for this sort of thing the the politics of these movies is really quite interesting and a little disturbing in a way because uh, the, the movies tend to posit uh, left-wing visions of apocalypse, if not a, a kind of anarchic uh, view of of the world, where America is, of course, the bad guy, and uh, John finds all of this um, uh, a little disturbing because they're very entertaining and no doubt are seen by tens of millions of people. But the the not so subtle message that these films convey is is a little troubling. Um, I haven't seen the movie, but um, having read John's review, I think I, I probably should if I want to keep up on my popular culture. So keeping up on high, low, and middle culture, as always, I hope, I hope that you will enjoy this week's Books and Arts section, and I look forward to talking to you next week.